You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. forgave us, okay? And uh, so uh, why should we do that? If we don't forgive, and this is in its context here, if we're struggling with forgiveness, which we all do, I mean, none of us, uh, forgiveness is not something you'll ever graduate and get a certificate and put it on your wall and brag to everybody that you passed the class and got a good grade uh, in forgiveness. It's not possible. Forgiveness is the process of a lifetime. And uh, so uh, if we don't forgive, the Bible tells us that lest Satan should get an advantage of us. When we have bitterness, when we have unforgiveness, when we're struggling having the right attitude towards somebody who has caused me frustration, affliction, harm in some way, was the opposite of a blessing, right? Which we all have somebody like that in our life or did at some point, And maybe not maybe, more than maybe, most likely all of us were, some, were, were like that towards somebody else, right? And uh, so <clears throat> it says, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Satan smells kind of like a shark through the, uh, through the water. You know, it can smell blood however many miles away, it says, or something like that. I don't have that <clears throat> kind of statistics. But uh, it's some ridiculous amount of distance away that sharks can smell blood in the water, right? And... Uh, it's like Satan, where he can smell unforgiveness. He can sense a bitter heart. You know what's interesting? Sometimes I can't even um, detect my own bitterness, but Satan can t- detect it. Is that interesting? So, all right, let's go ahead and pray together. We'll sit down and we'll just finish this chapter. Lord, thank you uh, for the Bible study, and I pray that you would uh, make us better as a result of being in church and that all of us would grow in your grace. Thank you that uh, we have friends among each other here at the church. And I pray, Lord, that you would help all of us uh, to have a heart that forgives, uh, a attitude and a spirit that refuses to hold on to bitterness, and that we would not give advantage to Satan. And I, I know that every one of us, if we're not careful, we might not even sense it inside of our heart, but Uh, the devil can pounce on so quickly uh, some errors and uh, uh, problems that we have in our spirit towards somebody else uh, and towards you. And I pray that you would uh, strengthen us in this area. And we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, All right, you can have a seat. And again here, uh, bitterness is a very real situation. Unforgiveness is a a very um, uh, uh, prominent problem uh, in our relationships, in our uh, interaction with people, and also with the Lord. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of times what takes a Christian out of church is often they have a problem not so much with somebody in the room uh, or the preacher's dumb jokes or the nursery's too far to walk. A lot of times Christians just bail and transgress from church because they really have a root of bitterness towards the Lord. 
and, and just the open decision or the manifestation of an inward decision is stomping off when really it's a deeper-rooted problem that it's an attitude towards God. And I'm not going to pretend like I've never had one. You know, maybe you haven't, but I'll tell you right now, I, I, I am miserable when I have an attitude towards the Lord. And sometimes my flesh just gets the best of me, and I, I can cop an attitude, right? And uh, sometimes I don't like, you know, a certain situation. I don't like a certain somebody. Uh, I don't like, um, you know, the past, the future, the present, you know. And so many fleeting thoughts can come through your mind in, in just such quick moments uh, that um, uh, it's very, very easy to give Satan room to take advantage and make him strong as a result of my struggling uh, by choice. And so now it's going to talk about victory here in a moment using the word triumph. Look at verse number 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, I like how he said Christ's gospel because it wasn't Paul's, and it's not our church's, it's Christ's gospel. It's about him the death, the burial, and the resurrection of him himself. The gospel is all about Jesus, amen? And so it says here, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I'm a firm believer that God opens up doors when we're lifting his name up. Uh, If you want to advance, if you want victories, if you want to triumph, if you want to get out of the gutter, so to speak, uh, then then, uh, spend time with the Lord, but spend time with, um, promoting the name of the Lord appropriately to his credit, not to your own. And uh, God said, you know what? I'm going to open up doors for you. Uh, don't forget what Jesus said. If I be lifted up, I draw all men to me. And so um, the goal is not to draw men to ourselves, but to draw people to Christ. And the Bible says that the, this door was opened unto him of the Lord. And so he gives that credit to the Lord. What kind of a door was opened up to him? Well, that was to share the gospel. That was a a, a tender heart, an open opportunity, um, favor, if you will. And so as we have an opportunity to pass out a gospel track once in a while, when we try to do a little bit of soul winning, when we come to church, when we uh, are, are walking with the Lord, striving to do the best we can to be the church God's called us to be, the Lord will open up doors for us. I, I'm a firm believer for that. When we tithe, God will open up doors for us. Uh, When we attend church, God will open up doors for us. When we do anything that's a step towards the Lord in obedience, God opens up doors of opportunity. And we know they're of the Lord because we couldn't have made that boss hire me. We we, we couldn't have, uh, you know, forced that favor towards me. You know, I'm thinking of Brother John, uh, I think it was last year, early part of this year, something like that. Uh, the boss went to, to him and said, hey, uh, you need to start clocking in on, on this structure, and uh, here's the reason why, and this is what I want you to do. And that was, in one conversation, that was hundreds of dollars a month worth of an advancement. Is that right, Brother John? And uh, it was God that put that in his heart because you're a Christian. And you're faithful and you strive to obey the Lord and things like that. That's a door opened before the Lord that only God could open, but it's for your benefit. And uh, the Lord likes to open up doors for us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes um, I get slammed doors right in front of my face, you know. And some I bring upon myself, uh, others that the Lord is shutting. 
And I like open doors more than I like closed doors. How about you? It's a metaphor. It's an illustration uh, that Paul's using here to explain that God did something for him. God made it a little bit easier for me when I went into Troas and God softened the hearts of the people. I'm preaching the gospel and he just pushed me forward, gave me a victory in these areas. And by the way, Paul was complimenting the ministry. He was complimenting the Lord. Uh, I was complimenting the ministry to my children this afternoon. And I said, kids, there is no life like serving the Lord in ministry. There is no life, Amen. you know, which, by the way, every one of us, if you went to work today and, and, and you know, you're, you're trying to do the very best you can to walk with the Lord, you're in the ministry just as much as anybody else is. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, God uses every person who desires to be used of the Lord, uh, not abused, but used of the Lord, right? And uh, so, so God can um, uh, promote anyone who's promoting his name. So uh, the agenda of our life can't be self-promotion. The, um, the focus of our heart and every day's decision is to lift up the name of Christ. And how many of you know that if you take care of the Lord and his work, he'll take care of you and your business? I know that. And uh, here he says that this door was opened up. Look at verse number 13. I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother. And part of this open door was, yes, sharing the gospel, but it was also kind of this favor, if you will, that the Lord did for Paul because he's searching out this Christian and, and this, this fellow laborer, and uh, he was mentoring Titus, and uh, we know that by the letter that Paul wrote to him. And uh, here he is, uh, uh, unwilling to be settled or, um, you know, satisfied, if you will. Lord, can you, can you, you know, he wasn't going to check this box off of his prayer list until it was answered, you know? And uh, so uh, when the Lord allowed this to come together, he says, my brother, talking about being saved, by, uh, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. I was looking at a map earlier today uh, over a different situation regarding where the deeps live in, in Cyprus. And uh, my wife and I were conversing over uh, some, some different things about that. And uh, I, I was looking above Athens uh, on the top left if you go up to, Ath you know, so if you're down here in Athens, in the bottom, uh, somewhat of the bottom of Greece, then you come up here somewhat the, you know, uh, nine o'clock on a regular, you know, uh, uh, clock. If you look about that nine uh, or so area, you'll see what they call um, West Macedonia still to this day. And uh, it's kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, when you connect some of modern days, you know, names, words, things like, it's like oh, that's a Bible word. You know, it's, it's like every time we come across something like that, we're like, the Bible is real, you know. And uh, see, I told you, honey, we need to believe in that. They still use that word to this day, you know. And uh, so I, I remember saying the word uh, due diligence. Due diligence. How many of you have heard that word, due diligence? All right, that's, a, that's a, a, a proper legal business term that when somebody's selling a business, um, it could be for millions, even billions of dollars, there's what they call the uh, due diligence process. It's where they, um, you know, they, they, they audit and they verify funds 
and they uh, hire, uh, it's an expensive process that could cost, depending on the sale of the business, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to bring in uh, a variety of different professionals to verify, uh, you know, the, the income of that company, uh, the, the costs uh, and the outgoing of expenses each month, things like that. It's called the due diligence process. And uh, my wife made fun of me for the, probably the, for the, like the first three or four years uh, when, when we were married uh, for saying the word due diligence. Well, I learned that from my dad. And uh, he said, well, I'll just do my due diligence, you know. And uh, so I didn't realize that that's a, still a modern-day uh, business term uh, back then. Uh, but but it is it's 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 used in banking and and transactions and and things like that. Uh, anybody who knows what they're talking about with buying and selling on a, a higher level of of business and uh, uh, transactions of funds, things like that, knows what the due diligence process is. Um, but I remember saying to my wife one time, "Oh, you know, we just need to do our due diligence." That she said, "Ah, oh, yeah, due diligence." She just sounds so silly. <laughs> until she found it written in the Bible. Their due diligence. How many of you have a Bible app? You can look it up. Yeah. And uh, isn't that interesting? Miss Charmy's doing it right now. She's looking it up. Okay. Due diligence. Yeah, look it up. So, all right. And uh, lots of different things in the Bible about, uh, you know, words that we use now uh, are so ancient scripts, right? And uh, texts and things like that. We're like, oh, man. And uh, so, but uh, where was I going with that? I have no idea. Macedonia, okay? Uh, how many of you ever had a um, Macedonia nut cookie, right? I love Macedonia nuts. And uh, so that's what I've always called them to my kids. And they say, Daddy, it's macadamia nut. I was like, well, when you were six years old, it was Macedonia nut, all right? And uh, so don't give me this grow-up business. And uh, so... Uh, but, uh, all right, verse number 14, now thanks be unto God, which always, what's that next word? Causeth, right? Causeth. It's God that makes, you can use that word makes. He'll make sure of what? Us to triumph in Christ. I love that statement. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. And uh, the Bible tells us about, about uh, always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Triumphing in Christ is not about us. It's about those around us. It's about those seeing Christ in action, right? So when you see a victory in your life and there's other people around you, it's not about you. It's about what Christ did in your life, giving them hope that Christ can do that in their life also. Amen? And so we often want the cheer without the battle, you know? And uh, verse number um, 14, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. And so God says, hey, I got my eye on you, you know? And uh, Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, where the Lord will look towards those who are, who are humble and contrite and trembleth at his word. We need the eye of God upon our life, okay? And uh, so the Bible tells us that no matter where we go, no matter what we're involved in, we could have victory and triumph. What's triumph? God made you to win when you could not win on your own, right? And uh, that's a triumph. How many of you have ever heard of the triumph motorcycle? 
uh, Triumph. I don't know much about the Triumph motorcycle. I've never even been on one. But um, I know still to this day, they make modern-day Triumph bikes that are vintage style, and they're a hot commodity, man. I mean, uh, you know, you get, you get these different kind of styles and things like that. They could be sold out for a year before they even get here. And uh, verse number 15, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. A lot of people, they like the name triumph. It gives them something, um, you know, kind of, kind of um, uh, mysterious, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's medieval uh, uh, battle talk, you know, triumph. And, uh, you know, it's Viking material. But, but you know, uh, it can be very empty if that's all we know about triumph is just the word, right? But rather knowing it in our heart that, you know, our church is triumphing in Christ right now. We are, we are walking out history with God giving us these buildings and the ability to purchase them. We're walking out. How many of you got my text today? That's a big deal, isn't it? And uh, man, all of a sudden we got a check for twenty thousand. We got a check for ten thousand. Got a check for thirty thousand. This person gave five hundred. That person gave a thousand. The kids gave. I mean, man, it was like every ability was coming together to triumph in Christ. That's how I see it, and uh, it's a blessing. And so for, why? For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. It's all part of the plan of the Lord to, to, uh, for the Lord to bring us close to himself, a savor. Oh, that steak smells good, you know? And uh, I remember uh, preaching not long ago, and the pastor took my wife and I to a steak restaurant. And uh, that's, that's few and far between, but it was a blessing. And the pastor said to me, he says, he said, Pastor Christian, you get whatever you want. I'm still not going to get whatever I want if somebody pays for it, all right? Uh, I, I just kind of keep my eye on the pastor. Pastor, what are you getting? If he splits it with his wife, I'm going to split it with my wife. That's just kind of how we want to do that. And, uh, and, and just kind of be careful if somebody else is, is paying the bill and try to, try to be a little careful and wise and things like that. Took a bunch of these clowns out to breakfast the other morning. You think they split anything? No. We had one sissy in the group. All right, here's the back story. It was Brother Ryan. He didn't even realize he was, he was the sissy. But it was, he's a bona fide sissy. The waitress, she was like 70 years old or something like that, came walking up, huge plate, half the size of his pulpit, offering it to Brother Ryan. That's what he ordered. He knew I was buying. Of course, that's what he ordered. Brother Ryan's always surfing to look for the most expensive, you know. And uh, so she brought this, and she said, oh, this is a half order. She said, oh, us around here, we call this the sissy. And with a table of guys and your peers and, you know, it's just like this lady set us up. It was awesome, about 8.30 in the morning. And uh, he, Brother Ryan finished the sissy. And his nickname all day long was sissy. Wasn't it just a blessing? And uh, we had a great time. And so... Um, I don't know what we were talking about. Uh, oh, the saver, right? And so, uh, you know, there's nothing like just taking a, you know, closing your eyes when you're praying. And you never want the guy that's going to take forever uh, or the lady to take forever to be the one praying when the food already came, you know? 
and uh, nothing against the Lord or talking to them, but it's like they get their whole week's prayer time right now, you know. It's like, come on, you know, kick it up. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, so anyways, and you're just closing your eyes and taking a whiff of the savor, you know. And it's just like something you enjoy, like, oh, man, I can't wait. And that's what God uh, is in this, this illustration, if you will, to us that he wants to open up doors. He wants to make our life to triumph and, and that we know that it was him who did that. And when he gets the credit for that and we were able to march through an open door, it's like God says, now come here. Oh, this is good, isn't it, together? And we're like, man, life with God is awesome, right? And, uh, you know, and God offers that. And he's like, man, there's nothing like just sitting with you and just thinking about these things that we're doing together. And uh, that's how God thinks of us. But we don't often think that way towards God. That's why it's written in the scriptures to explain to us and straighten out some of these things that God thinks towards us, right? And uh, the Bible says here, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved. You know what that kind of tells me too? We need to get along with each other. We need to talk right to each other. There's times I need to walk up to somebody, and I did this week. Man, listen, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I, I just kind of, I jumped the gun. I was a little bit mouthy. I, 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 I don't know. That was dumb of me. I'm sorry about that. And it wasn't only once. It was many times this week. And uh, why? Because if God is commanding that when we all are triumphing in Christ. He's talking, he's talking to the church. This is written exclusively to, not limited to, but exclusively to the Corinthian church. And Paul, through the inspiration of the Lord, is saying, we smell amazing to the Lord, like God just wants to sit with us. Hey, you know that savoring of that meat? You know how you, you put some seasoning on there and you're like, oh, dog, this is an awesome dinner, you know? Uh, it, it's like better than that. That's how God wants us to, to talk to each other, um, uh, treat each other. Now, how many of you, uh, along with myself, could just imagine how God thinks when everybody's not getting along with each other? When the church is split in half, when everybody's fighting with each other, God's like, man, you guys reek. I don't have nothing to do with you. You know? Why? Because only by pride cometh contention. And, uh, and I know that about myself. My pride kicks in, and I can argue, and I can defend, and I can say something I shouldn't. And, and then when my pride calms down, I just kind of like, oh, crud. You know? Just, just the ugly head of Jimmy just, just comes out again, you know? And, uh, but aren't we glad for the forgiveness in Christ? And the Bible tells us here uh, in verse number 16, to the one... We are the savor of death unto death. Why? Because we're, we're dead to sin and now life in Christ because of salvation and to the other, the savor of life unto life. So, so we're connected with Christ because of death, of what Christ had done for us. So we die to sin daily. And yet during uh, the savor of life is that we're helping breathe encouragement and hope and help and blessing into other people. We have savor unto death with Christ. We also have savor unto life with those who are alive and breathing, right? And so God says, hey, you can have a great relationship with me, but you can also have a great relationship with other people. And he says here that life unto life, and who is sufficient for these things? Basically, nobody's earned their way into that. Without Christ, we're nothing. With Christ, we have and are everything. Isn't that a blessing? 
And sometimes we battle saved and unsaved unnecessarily. Verse number 17, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. You know what he's saying? I'm just trying to do right before the Lord, trying to do right before people. I want to do things for God. I want God to open up doors of opportunity for me. I want to just kick those doors open where the, the, where the Lord just does all the work and I just get to march forward, you know? Uh, how many of you know that God did all the work the last four weeks on this building uh, whole setup? I mean, for the life of me, uh, 15 years of, of, of pastoring, 13 years here, I've never seen that happen. So you've heard me say things like, our best days are still ahead of us, right? We're living that statement out. And it's still better and bigger and wonderful yet to come and more joyful. Um, but the Lord says, hey, I want you to lift my name up. Not the name of the church up above mine. Not the name of the pastor up above mine. Not the singers or anybody else who comes or even the people who gave. Nobody gets lifted up above the name of Christ. You know? Because God says, listen, when I be lifted up, I will draw all of them to me, you know? And we want God to do all the work, and we can, we can march forward with triumph in Christ. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. I don't want to be somebody, and I know many times I have, where we have a form of godliness. We look the part, we sound the part, but we're nothing of the part at all in the Lord, right? We don't want to be religious, we want to be uh, tied in closely with the relationship with the Lord. That word triumph means to win a very specific victory. You know, sometimes we need to learn to triumph and nobody else knows about it because it's too private, right? But why? Because it's not everybody's business, the battles that I'm fighting. How about the battles of self, the battles of sin? battles of temptation, the battles of self-centeredness, the battles of, of pride, battles of just saying something because you felt like it, the battles of, of everything in our life. And uh, to be successful and to rejoice in something God has done for you, a true victory. It's an important and intense success moment that God made you to be a part of that you could not do for yourself. Is that incredible or what? To triumph. That's what I want this week, amen? To triumph in Christ. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.